Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about sexual confidence. We cannot be successful in our sex life and in our relationship if we're not feeling confident. And that's one of the main area that many of my clients, they struggle with. And what's unfortunate is sometimes people think about sexual confidence as, as having the right skill or as if it's about having a perfect body. But it's my experience that none of these things matter as much. It's the feeling that you have inside. Erica and I were going to talk more about how we help our clients reclaim their confidence and build a sexual life that they want, regardless of their background and the skill set that they have. Erica Limke Pembroke is an author, sex coach, and future clinical sexologist. Her book, Feel Sexy Again, The Ultimate Guide to Reclaiming Sexual Confidence, was written for women craving to find their spark again and to live their lives they truly desire desire, no matter the state of their relationships. As a sex coach and sexologist, her mission is to support midlife women and beyond to own their pleasure, awaken their sensuality, and fulfill their sexual potential. Her tagline says it all, your pleasure is my passion. Before we go to this week's episode, I wanted to remind those of you that haven't downloaded our free checklist of how you can manage your anxiety during, before, and after dates. Make sure you're downloading it now. This conversation is part of a dating series because having confidence is a big part of being successful on dates and having the getting the partner you want. Anyhow, without further ado, here's my conversation with Erica Limke Pembroke. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited to have Erica Limke Pembroke on our show. Erica, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. I am very excited about this conversation because I think sexual confidence, it's at heart of showing up for yourself and for your erotic selves and having next level of sexual experiences. So I think it's important to talk about it. Tell us a little bit about your journey of getting to the place of confidence. Mm, boy. Well, you know, I think when I was, when I was a young girl, I always had this sense of confidence, but it, it didn't it came from a place more of being being strong and being athletic and being smart. But I had that like kind of secret desire to want to be pretty. And, you know, that was something that always kind of pulled at me. But I used my, I was, I've been a gymnast and a dancer and athlete for many, many years. So that to me gave me such a sense of confidence and just strength within me, knowing that I had the, you know, the power to carry myself throughout life. And, and that definitely carried me throughout into my adulthood, but the sexual confidence, I feel it, it lacked for a while. I don't think it happened until really, I was kind of more into my, my college years where I kind of found that, found that sense of like, Ooh, I can be the, like the, you know, I don't have to be the prettiest girl in the room, but if I carry myself with grace and assuredness and, you know, that's what I think people are attracted to. I love that because I know many of my clients, they are misinformed that they feel like they have to look certain way 
to feel sexy. But what mm-hmm. I'm hearing that you're sharing with us and I talk about with my clients that sexy is how you feel and how you carry yourself. And I think that's that's really important because no matter what size you get to, what you purchase, if it's not coming from within, then that would be hard to sustain. Absolutely. And I think that's what we really need to focus on is that innate, that internal sense of how we feel. And I mean, we could wear, we could wear a bag, you know, a burlap sack or whatever it's called. Right. And, but if you have that confidence from inside and that exudes out, I mean, it's like this light, this brightness that happens and people notice, and it's very magnetic. So you don't have to be in sexy clothes and heels, which, you know, of course that, you know, whatever floats your boat. I mean, I love that too, but I mean, just that sense of that innate strength and then feeling good about who we are, that can carry us through, throughout our entire lives. And if we're trying to reach a goal, I mean, let's say we're trying to lose weight. We need to love ourselves right now, not when X happens in the future. We need to do it right now and carry that along the way as we are going towards our goals. Such an important message. I tell people that, you know, if you, for example, if you get a gift that you don't like the gift and you're not taking care of it, you're just like throwing it back of the closet. But if there, you get a gift that you like, you cherish it. So it's the same with your body. If you're thinking about that, I just don't like my body, then it would be hard to reach the goal, even if that's that's what you want. You know, a few months ago, I had this conversation with a woman, which was coming from a very conservative background. And she was telling me, like, tell me what sexy feels like. What what What's sexy? And I was like, oh, God, it's just so hard to describe. Tell us, how do you define sexiness? You know, I think in one word, it's confidence. Mm-hmm. It, it, it truly is. I think that, I think a sexy can be such a, a term that again, can, can people can make this conversation about sexy means that I have to dress like a, like a slut, or I have to, you know, do all of these things. Like, you know, that's when we have Halloween. That's our time to like the one time of the year where we can dress, you know, sexy and get away with it. Right. But that also comes to about our personas, right. And trying on like I have in the book that I wrote about, about this character that I, with the pink wig and she, for me, and her name is Terry Luminary. She came from a beloved friend who he designated my name, but what she allowed me to do when I put that, that mask or the mask, the, the wig on, it kind of transformed that sense of myself of saying, giving myself permission to maybe do some things I, I normally wouldn't do or feel a certain way about myself, kind of step into a different role. And that was so empowering for me. And over time, I didn't have to use the persona anymore. She, I mean, she was in me with, you know, within me all along, but I kind of had to use that as a kind of a talisman almost to give myself permission. And now she's in me, I'm in her and, you know, I still wear the wig sometimes, but you know, I don't, I don't need it to, to have that sense of, of sex and confidence and just that sense of being assured of, of who I am. And I think that we all need to find that that peace for ourselves and whatever it takes to be able to make that happen. And, you know, I, I love the image that you put in the book. And I feel sometimes people think about toys or kind of like role playing as a way that that, that helps them to feel confidence, which can be a transitional tool for you, but the, the wig or the toy is not going to make you feel sexy if you're not, you don't have the ability to access that in you. So mm-hmm. if you're able to recognize that part of yourself, I think that's very 
powerful. And especially for many women, it's, we are programmed by society not to access that. Like with all of these conflicting messages about you, you must be sexy, but sexy is not, not too sexy. And you have to have the body, but not like a boy. So it's just so confusing. No wonder we have this conflicted relationship with pleasure. So tell us what, what are some of the signs of someone who's struggling with low confidence? How do we know mm. that's what we're struggling with? I think a telltale sign is just not, not really accepting who we are and looking externally. So looking to an outside source or getting, you know, comparisons, right? So we're comparing ourselves to everyone else. And our society, again, I think really does us a, a disservice, you know, social media and all of that really puts a picture of, oh my goodness, in order for me to be loved or accepted, I have to look like that. And that is the only way that I'm going to be able to get that. So then we internalize that. And that becomes so hard to dismantle when we've been conditioned to believe that we have to look elsewhere in order to have that fulfillment for ourselves. So I think that's a huge one is being, you know, just having that comparison. But I think it's also of just like, you know, if we're starting to act small and, and kind of close down, I think I talk in the book about you know, when we're confident, you know, you're actually like, you know, let's do the confident stance or the confident sit. And sometimes we have to act until we become. Sometimes we really have to put it, you know, it does come all from our minds, right? And I think we can change the way that we think. We can change the way that we feel. We have the power to do that. It's just a matter of getting us into a space where we feel that we're deserving of that. And then we just do it. We just do it. And then we repeat it. And after a while, that starts that motivation of like, oh, wait a minute, there are, I'm starting to feel some of these things that are, they're a little different and that I like, and I want more of that, right? Love that. And I think the other piece that, that you mentioned, which is very powerful, is not necessarily counting other, other people to make us feel confident because that, that's a trap that at a time I hear some people make to think about, you know, my, my husband, my partner doesn't make me feel sexy. Of course, it's helpful if you find yourself in a relationship that you you feel desirable by your desired by your partner, but that's not the source of confidence. You want to have access to it on your own, and I believe all of us are born with it. Somehow, mm-hmm. throughout our journey of life, we lost touch with that part of ourselves. And I, I can't, I couldn't agree more. And I think that also has to do with our pleasure, right? Our pleasure. So our orgasms, you know, mm-hmm. it's masturbation month, you know, this is May, right? It's masturbation yes. month, right? But I think so many of us are relying upon our partners to make sure that we are pleased, that we are satisfied with. And that's really giving us a disservice because we really need to figure out what that is for ourselves and really take the time and 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 really to find that space of love and worthiness for ourselves. Because I, I do believe that pleasure is our birthright. We all deserve it. And we need to figure out what that is for each one of us. And it's all different. Every, every single one of us is different. So no, there's no good, bad, right or wrong. It's just what feels good for us. I think it's so much about self-love and self-respect and you know self-nurturing to be able to find out what pleases us. And then, hey, even better than to be able to say, this is what I like to our partners, which is also really scary to do sometimes. 
but how empowering that is for us and for them too. I mean, I think that's such, I mean, and I wish we had more conversations. We need to have more conversations about this, not even just with our partners, but like with our friends, right? Because I think that so many of us feel alone and, oh, just to be able to have a little conversation with another person or a group of friends to normalize a lot of these feelings. And it can be so incredibly empowering for us. Right. Everyone at time, they struggle. I think that's the challenge of being in this time and age is that we see the most perfect edited picture of people online and we think okay I'm not that therefore I'm not worthy of love and I don't feel good about myself knowing that like not considering that uh, that person doesn't look like that (laughs) day-to-day life as well Or, or if they do it's not necessarily taking kind of confidence away from you because I feel every, and every single person have their own brand of sexiness and confidence. Oh, and that's important. Absolutely. And why not build each other up instead of tear each other down, right? Mm-hmm. And I think so much we do that. And we, I think women were so we're really bad at, right? what do you get better at lifting us up instead of, you know, tearing down and, you know, breaking each other apart? It just, it just builds, it, you know, I think it just builds so much about the world when we can all support one another and whatever that space means, right, for each one of us, but to be able to have that support and cheer each other on and really build us up. And, and then also say, you know, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. How can I help you? You know, because so many of us struggle and yet we're not able to ask for help. We're often able to give help, but we don't ask for it. So it's kind of like, I think there's a lot of strength when we can actually say, hey, I'm struggling here and I, and I, I need some help. Right. And kind of like telling your story and sharing your struggle with other, other women and other people can be powerful. Tell us how does lack of confidence show up in the bedroom? What are some of the price you're paying when they're playing small? Well, I, I think it's, you know, a lot of it, you know, we as women, I think, think that we should endure pain, mm-hmm. right? So if there's something that doesn't feel good, oftentimes we won't speak up. And I think that is just, it, it's so disturbing for us as women because the opposite should be true, right? Really being able to stand within our own confidence and our sense of self to say, hey, stop, that doesn't feel good. Let me let me tell you, let me show you what feels good to me. So I think it's definitely that, but it's also just lack of, you know, lack of receiving, you know, where we can get very closed off when there's a lot of confidence, low confidence, because we're afraid. Maybe our partner is not going to like the way we look, so we think, right? And so we will keep the lights off or we will get in bed really quickly and so they can't see any parts of our body. But just to be able to flip that to say, gosh, if you are 100% within your body and that confidence that comes from that and the fact that you really love to be pleased and feel that pleasure, I mean, what partner isn't going to be 100% on board with that? If you know what you like, you're owning it, you're loving it, you're receiving there's, I don't think there's any better gift than that, that we can, can give to ourselves. Absolutely. And I think one, one point that you mentioned that was a key is kind of being comfortable with receiving. Mm-hmm. And at times I see women at kind of like function at this place of giving from fear. Of course, it's wonderful if you're sexually generous. I think that goes a long way in the bedroom. But if you're coming from this fear of if I'm not doing this, my partner will leave me, then that mm-hmm. that impacts the relationship dynamic and your confidence as well. Absolutely. And also to be able to say no. Mm-hmm. Be able to say no if there's something that, you know, I think that's, we get into that trap of, well, I can't say no, because then my partner will leave me, will not like me anymore. We'll go on to someone else because he or she say yes. And I think we really need to step into our own power and, and be very secure in saying, no, I don't want to do that. I, but then maybe say, but I would love to do this. Can we try this? You know? And I think that's, 
kind of where we just have to kind of flip the switch a little bit within our brains and and again be brave and and be really secure within ourselves to be able to speak to that and I think that's where we need to work on that often and Erica I think that's such a great point I was just having this conversation with female friend of mine and she was telling me that she was in this relationship long-term relationship the partner didn't talk disclosed their erotic orientation before and she was involved with the guy and it was a heterosexual relationship and when she was involved she felt that if she didn't go with what he wanted she will lose him and she went with things that wasn't aligned with her erotic template and now they broke up and she said I feel disgusted of myself I feel so small and I think that had happened for Many, many, many of us, when we feel like that's the price of admission to be in this mm-hmm. relationship, to do things that doesn't feel good, it's not empowering. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I think we're so afraid to be alone. I think so many people stay in relationships because they would rather stay in a, in a dysfunctional re- relationship than step out into the unknown and see what might be even with even, you know, 99.9% certainty, it's a better situation if they leave that relationship, but they're so afraid of change. You know, we are, you know, we're all afraid of change. And sometimes we will stay in situations that are not serving, that don't serve us well because of that fear. So it's, it says a lot if we can step into a place of love and self-love and, and make some of those really important and scary steps. And it's also so possible, so possible. And it's so beautiful when that can happen. And having your own back. So tell us some of the ways that we can build our sexual confidence. So what are some of the tips you have for us? Mm, Well, you know, I'm, I'm very much kinesthetically aware. So I really tapped into my body. And I think oftentimes when we've got stuff going on our heads, actually, if we're thinking about anything else, it's going to cut us off from really tapping into that sensual pleasure for ourselves. So in my book, I talk about pleasure principles and the sensations, right? So really getting into a space where like, I even have people will write, I'll have them write a list, everything that gives them pleasure, sexual pleasure and non-sexual pleasure. And that's the senses, you know, taste, touch, smell, sight, sound. If we can start to like build from that space, right? And really come from a place where we're feeling it, we're sensing it, right? We're just tapping into all and paying attention and aware of what really makes us feel good, makes us feel turned on, makes us feel relaxed, makes us feel really lit up. That to me, that in and of itself can start and build a beautiful foundation from which all other things are possible. Right, absolutely. And I, and I've, I think people at times look for a specific tip in the bedroom. And that's, that can be good, but what we want to know is like building yourself outside the bedroom because what's Mm -hmm. happening with your partner or alone in the bed, it's a mini love of who you are outside. And I love this concept of really leaning into pleasure. And when Mm. you're connected to pleasure, then you will be able to welcome sexual pleasure as as one of the form of many kinds of pleasure. So I know you have this wonderful book that that you shared that book with me. It was very valuable. I loved how accessible it was. You talked about your own story and also the tips that are applicable for people. So if our listeners, they want to get the book, they want to work with you, what are some of the places that they can have access to that? Yes. Well, they could go to, you know, the best thing to, to do if they want to get it directly from Amazon or from a local source is to go obviously to one of those sites. But they can also, if I'm going to offer, if anyone wants a digital copy and I would be more than willing to email them a copy of my book. Ooh, that's so generous. 
<laughs> That's so, so kind of you. Yes, yes. So I would I would be happy to give give my email information and and also, you know, I just really want to to point out that pleasure is accessible for all of us and I think that we really have to really drop into a place where we feel deserving. And you know, I work with a lot of women in midlife. It's kind of my niches and I and I love that. It's just so much juiciness, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's so many transitions that have happened, right? And then and then a lot of them are empty nesters, right? And then the kids leave and so many people think, well, now what do I do? I've been a mom. I've been a caretaker. I've been a wife, you know, da, 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 da. I don't know what I want anymore. And they've spent so many years with pleasing others that now it's a beautiful place to start of like, now what do I need to do to please myself? And and what are the, what are the things that I need to do? Whether it's just like, I started doing pole dancing when I was 40, about 48 years old, no, I'm 51 no. now. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I've been a dancer my whole life, but that particular type of dance for me was so incredibly powerful. Tapping into my erotic pleasure, giving like creating body boundaries for myself, you know, really, because we don't even like, we don't even touch ourselves. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we usually let someone else touch us, right? But being able to really like just touch us for the sense, the sense of just pleasure and sensuality is so incredibly important. I'm totally getting off subject because I know we were talking about the book, but I just think that was really important. So I do want me to just give you my email. If, if, yes, if, yes. Yeah? Please mention okay. it and we'll put it on the show notes. And thank you okay. for being so generous. Oh my gosh, absolutely. But they can, you know, if they want to buy the book, they can go to, you know, Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all of those other wonderful places to buy the book as well. <laughs> but you're offering it to, to listeners for free. What a wonderful offering. Thank you so much. Thank oh my, you so much pleasure. for being so generous with the information and I love your social media account. I know that you're embodying this confidence. So thank you for your work. And we're so grateful to have you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I personally liked Erica's book a lot. And I hope you consider getting it. Sexual confidence, as I mentioned, it's one of those concepts that Many people are confused about what does that entail. One of my favorite books on this topic is called Confidence Gap by Ross Harris. And it talks about how to create an adventurous life and it's, it gives you the this toolbox to how to overcome your fears. And one of the wonderful concepts in the book is that if you haven't done something before, of course, you will need to practice it in the first few times. It will not be perfect. And that's okay. That's just part of learning. And it's okay to sit with that fear. It's the same for if you're going on a date for the first time with someone or having sex with someone for the first time. What's important is kind of like thinking about why am I doing this? Kind of leaning into your values and also kind of like noticing what are some of the stories that show up for you in the those moments that you are in the bed or on the date. And if those worries are getting in the way of you showing your authentic self. So if you are interested to improve your overall confidence, I, I recommend that book a lot. Again, I hope that this this was useful for you. If you enjoy this show, it means a lot to me if you take a moment and write us an honest review in iTunes, Stitchers, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. 
Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.